Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Thursday, June 15th, 2023. It's about three o'clock in the afternoon here on the East Coast of the United States. Scott Ritter is with us in about a minute to discuss the latest nonsense out of the CIA on Nord Stream and the latest nonsense out of the Pentagon about all the training of Ukrainian soldiers that the Americans have done. But first, this. When it comes to carrying valuables or even firearms in your vehicle, most people feel they have to choose between safety and convenience. A vehicle break-in occurs every 36 seconds in America. Give Dad the perfect Father's Day gift this year. The Headrest Safe. The Headrest Safe gives you the power to store cash, jewelry, medication, and yes, even your concealed carry firearm. You'll never have to worry about taking your valuables with you again. Keep them safe with the Headrest Safe. Use promo code Judge Knapp and enjoy $50 off for a limited time at theheadrestsafe.com. Uh, thank you for waiting. And Scott, thank you uh, for uh, joining us. Always a pleasure. Wh- what is your latest take from open sources and from your own sources on the burst of the dam in eastern Ukraine? Did the Ukrainians do it? Did the Russians do it? Who uh, benefited and who was harmed? It's 100% Ukraine. There's literally no doubt about it. No rational thinker could think otherwise. Um, Russia gains nothing from this. Russia uh, actually uh, puts itself at a a disadvantage on so many levels, uh, threatening the water supply to the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant, threatening the water supply to Crimea, um, and the ecological damage, which has yet to be fully calculated, but what's happening in the Black Sea right now, no one's talking about. This is one of the greatest acts of eco-terrorism uh, that has been committed in modern history. And everybody's silent about it because nobody wants to admit the truth, that the Zelensky government is a criminal government, terrorist government, that has carried out an act of eco-terrorism and terrorism, flooding primarily Russian um, towns and villages, causing the, you know, the Russians to evacuate people need to remember that the right bank, that's the Ukrainian occupied bank, has higher elevation than the left bank, that's the Russian bank. And uh, most of the flooding took place on the Russian side. Um, moreover, uh, the draining of the reservoir uh, actually complicates uh, Russia's defensive uh, preparations by uh, making what was an impassable water barrier now at least conceptually uh, passable. <laughs> Ukrainians will die trying to do it. But the point is, everything about this complicated Russia's life. Russia gains nothing from this. Uh, Ukraine did it. 
what what damage was done to the Black Sea, or what were the re uh, repercussions or reverberations down there uh, as a result of this uh, <laughs> uh, dam uh, breach? Uh, look, you you had a tremendous amount of fresh water come sweeping down into the Black Sea, which is a saltwater sea, uh, mm. and when it pushes in that rapidly, it disrupts the entire um, ecosystem. Uh, it also brought with it all the pollutants, dead bodies, toilets, automobiles, houses, paint, everything all came sweeping down. If you take a look off the uh, water of Odessa today, normally the water is clean. People can swim in it. You can't swim in it right now because it's turned into this giant green slush of algae that is toxic uh, to humanity. This is eco-terrorism. And, you know, again, no one's talking about it except the Russians and no one's listening to them. Do you the Ukrainian people? Do the Ukrainian people know that their own government did this and has lied to them about it, or don't they care? They should care. No, I can't speak on behalf of the Ukrainian people. I I don't know what they think. First of all, it's a diverse population. Remember, there's a distinct difference between the Russian-speaking uh, Ukrainian citizen who lives in Kharkov and the uh, Ukrainian-speaking citizen who lives in Lvov. Um, they're two totally different people with two totally different ways of thinking, et cetera. So to speak about all of the Ukrainian people is impossible. But I will say this, there's uh, no reason for them not to know. Um, if they if they opt not to know, that's a deliberate act on their part, and that makes them complicit in the crimes of their government. What is the uh, latest on the so-called uh, spring offensive? Everybody seems to agree that it has started. Has it gotten anywhere? Okay, first of all, understand that the Russians have built one of the most uh, complex, in-depth defensive networks in modern history. In fact, maybe in the history of the world. Uh, this is designed uh, to doctrine by the man who wrote the doctrine. That's Colonel General Alexander Romanchuk. Uh, he wrote this new doctrine, Russian defensive doctrine, after the special military operation began, after the Ukrainian successes last fall. And then he oversaw the construction of these defenses. And now he's been pulled out of the academy to command the defenses. Um, and they're fully manned with highly trained personnel, well-equipped personnel who are fighting doctrinally with air superiority, artillery supremacy. Um, the reason why I bring that up is this is a triple layered defense, but there's a fourth aspect to it, which is the gray zone and the flexible defense zone in front of the first barrier. Ukrainians haven't gotten out of the flex zone. They haven't even gotten close to the first line of defense. Okay, let me They're probably never going to. Let me stop you for a second. Is the flex zone sort of like a like a buffer, like a demilitarized zone? It's not demilitarized. The, the gray zone is demilitarized. It's a sort of a no man's land that you have to come through. You come into the flex zone, you'll hit barriers, you'll hit troops. But the whole idea is to absorb the attack and then shape the advance so that the Ukrainians go where the Russians want them to go, i.e. into the middle of a minefield where there's pre-registered artillery fires. The helicopters already know they can pop up and shoot. And then they slaughter the Ukrainians, which is exactly what happened. Now, war is dirty. Uh, let's not pretend that the Russians are doing this on the cheap. Vladimir Putin spoke about casualties, spoke about the high number of Ukrainian casualties, but he also said that the kill ratio was 10 to 1. So remember that for every 10 dead Ukrainians. There's a dead Russian and there's a lot of dead Ukrainians. So that means that Russians are dying. This is this is war. It's complicated. It's hard. It's bloody. It's dangerous. But the Russians are fighting to their strengths 
and they're winning. The Ukrainians aren't even coming close to coming to the first line of defense. All right, briefly, what are the three levels of defense? What, what do they consist of? Well, first of all, the, the, the defense is a main, a main line of trenches with supporting trenches. Uh, each one has uh, barriers, uh, minefields, uh, they call dragon's teeth, the concrete teeth, and then they all have artillery fires. They're designed to break at a pre-designated point. You know how a well-designed car, when it hits something, collapses around the, 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 the driver's compartment to save the driver? A right. well-planned defense collapses around the strong points, letting the enemy go where you want them to go into what's called a fire cauldron, and then the artillery rains down on them and slaughters them. And now if they break the first line of defense, which they should if you're doing a good attack, the first line of defense is designed to be broken. It breaks, collapses in, creates a corridor that they go down, they come up to the second line of defense, which is an impenetrable wall, and they get slaughtered there. Then the third line of defense is where the counterattack force is. They move out and clean everything up. So far, the Russians haven't had to break the first line of defense, fall back on the second line of defense, or employ their dedicated counterattack forces. This is war. It's bloody. But there, there, there isn't a crisis going on right now on the front lines. How uh, well trained, this is leading up to, what I expect will be your strong comments about something General Milley said today. How well trained are the Ukrainian uh, soldiers? Let's put it this way. Um, by law, we wouldn't be allowed to put American soldiers with this level of training into combat. It's Ooh. criminal. It's criminal. How well or poorly trained are the Ukrainian soldiers compared to the Russian? No, the Russian soldiers are fully trained, fully equipped. They are experts in what they do. Uh, that's proven, <coughs> you know, the, the Americans, there's a regiment down there, the 70th regiment. It didn't do too well last year. It got overextended. The Ukrainians slapped around a bit, a lot of casualties. Then it was filled up with these mobilized soldiers. And the West goes, ah, poor morale, mobilized soldiers. They're going to retreat at the first sound of gunfire and they won't be well equipped and they don't know how to use artillery. So they sent the two best brigades that the Ukrainians have to, into the 70th regiment which stood fast and slaughtered them because these are well-trained troops. They're well-motivated, well-led, well-equipped. The Ukrainians, on the other hand, apparently they have some decent motivation, but they don't even know how to use the equipment they've been given. They've been given the rudimentary stuff, but it's not just about driving a tank. It's about employing a tank together with an infantry fighting vehicle so that you maximize the collective strengths of the weapons. They can't do it. They can't do it. Here's uh, General Milley earlier today. This is about 9 or 9.30 Eastern time uh, this morning, uh, boasting or, or stating, you can decide if it's a boast, about the Western read NATO and American training of Ukrainian troops. More than 6,000 Ukrainians are being trained right now at 40 different locations in 65 courses in 33 nations on three continents. Since the beginning of the war, the United States has trained over 11,000 Ukrainians. We are currently training three battalions, a tank battalion and two Territorial National Guard battalions. All in all, the international effort has trained almost 60,000 Ukrainian soldiers for this current operation. Of what value is a statement like that other than political? It's purely political. General Miley knows. I'll give you again, just falling back on Marine Corps. We can take a Marine who's been through his basic training, through his advanced uh, individual training, uh, an expert, not an expert, but competent in his weapons. 
we put them into a marine unit and they can spend a year incorporating. But before we deploy them, we take six months, train them up to the skill level necessary to be considered operational. Six months, and this was at a highly trained Marine. Now we're taking guys who are recruited, signing up, signing the dotted line in March of this year. We're sending them off for uh, you know a couple of weeks training. Then we send them to Germany for one month of combined arms training. These guys don't know what they're doing. They are incompetent in, in the greatest degree, and it's being seen. They're brave. Let's never, ever pretend that the Ukrainian soldiers aren't brave or determined. They're trying to do something they simply can't do. Combined arms warfare is extraordinarily difficult. Even the Marines get it wrong when they're trained. The Army gets it wrong. Everybody gets it wrong because it's hard to do. If I have you straight, what General Miley just said, he's the chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff for a few more weeks or months. He's a four-star. He's a Marine. No, he's a soldier. Okay. Would be irrelevant and impermissible for American troops. Let me put it this way. If this was an American counteroffensive and the Americans suffered these casualties, Congress would hold a hearing and General Miley would come through and talk about the training that has been prepared and he would be court-martialed for being criminally negligent because what he has done is taken people that we know are insufficiently trained for the task and we put them in combat anyways. General Miley is a liar. He is a criminal. He deserves to be prosecuted. And I would hope that the Ukrainians at some point in time, when this is all said and done, open up a case against him in the International Criminal Court. Because to send these Ukrainian soldiers into those Russian defenses with equipment they don't know how to use, with tactics they don't know how to employ, with an operational doctrine that is broken, because at a minimum you require a modicum of air support. There is no air support. The Russians are slaughtering these people before they even get near the front line. And as they get near the front line, helicopters are going up. You know how many helicopters the Ukrainians have shot down, Russian helicopters, in a very intensive combat zone? Zero. Zero, which means they don't have air defense because the Russians have taken it apart. This is murder. This is mass murder. Here's a General Miley a few minutes after the clip we just ran, uh, ticking off a list of the military supplies that are on their way to Ukraine. He says it so fast you almost can't follow him. I'm sure you'll understand what this is. You can tell us what it means. Last week, the United States released another Ukrainian security assistance initiative package totaling several billion dollars, two billion. This package procures critical capabilities, including Patriot munitions, Hawk air defense systems, artillery, rocket munitions, maintenance, sustainment support, and much more. Additionally, this week, we released our latest drawdown package of $325 million. From our current stocks, we are providing Ukraine air defense munitions, Gimlers, long-range artillery, artillery rounds, 155, Bradley's strikers, and many other capabilities. Any of it going to help? No. First of all, the, the drawdown that he's talking about is stuff they're going to draw down and send to the Ukrainians. Uh, the numbers he's putting out there is several battalions worth. It's just not enough. It's a joke, and he knows it's a joke. Um, to give you an example, he talked about 300-some-odd million dollars there. Uh, right now, the Ukrainians are losing about uh, 70 to $100 million worth of equipment a day. So, Miley, good job. You're going to give them three days' worth of equipment to go out there and get slaughtered, you idiot. The other stuff that he talked about, several billion, which became two billion, is not drawdown. It is because we have nothing left to draw down. So this is stuff that has to be built anew. 
So we're now procuring the money, sending the orders in, and this stuff isn't going to be finished coming out the the, the pipeline for months, if not years. It is meaningless. Uh, again, General Miley should be court-martialed. He's an incompetent fool. Uh, unfortunately, he's obeying the orders that he's been given. So he look, he's smart enough to know that every word he says is a joke. And why he's not crying, why he's not begging forgiveness for sending those Ukrainian soldiers off to die, because we knew they were going to die. No one believes this counteroffensive is going to succeed. We know it's going to fail. Those 60,000 troops, remember, that's the third army that NATO's built. People forget that. The first army, the Russians destroyed by June. The second army, the Russians destroyed by October of last year. The third army has been built. It's there now, and the Russians are destroying that. And there won't be a fourth army because there's no equipment left to give them. Scott, you're on a roll. I hate to take a break, but we need to take the break. When we come back, President Putin's view on how much damage the Russian military has done to Western supplies and the latest CIA nonsense on the Nord Stream pipeline right after this. You want to feel safe in your vehicle. And for you, that means easy, rapid access to your firearm. But safety also means your items don't fall into the wrong hands. You don't have to choose between safety and convenience. The Headrest Safe keeps your firearm where you can access it, and no one else can. Just order your Headrest Safe, install it yourself when it arrives, and enjoy peace of mind. It starts at theheadrestsafe.com. The latest nonsense in uh, today's New York Times and uh, Washington Post, and I think the Wall Street Journal had it as well, uh, is that the CIA warned the Ukrainian intel not to attack the Nord Stream pipeline. I guess if they did that, it's because they didn't want them to be on top of each other as the CIA was destroying the Nord Stream pipeline. But these newspapers, in utter defiance of the incredible, accurate, courageous, in-your-face reporting by uh, Cy Hurst, don't seem to care, and they all ran the story this morning. Well, the, the, the New York Times has always been a stenographer for the CIA. The CIA dictates, the New York Times prints, publishes. Uh, and that's what's happening here. This is a, a cover-up. And notice the story just keeps evolving um, because none of it's believable. Again, we just come down to the basics. Uh, how did Ukraine get the um, thousands of kilograms worth of high explosives, uh, which have been specially formed and prepared? How'd they get them onto a boat? Uh, without anybody seeing? How'd they get that boat to the target without anybody seeing? And then how did the divers get that stuff down to the pipelines without anybody seeing? The answer is they didn't. It can't happen. It couldn't have happened. Uh, this is just, a, it's a fantasy. It's a fiction, but they're going to keep throwing it out there because the last thing they want people to do is go, wait a minute. Didn't somebody write about this last year? What's the guy's name? Seymour Hirsch? Hmm. Maybe you want to go reread that one because that's probably very close to what actually happened. Here's, uh, well, yesterday, President Biden, as you probably know, had a three and a half hour, couldn't imagine Joe Biden doing this in 100 years, had a three and a half hour press conference. He sat at a conference table in the Kremlin, there was about 20 or 30 uh, reporters with him, and he talked, he took questions from them. Uh, here uh, he is uh, with some very interesting, candid remarks about the nature of the military conflict. It's in Russian. So I will do my best uh, to read uh, the English subtitles. 
During this time, they lost over 160 tanks, over 300, 460 armored vehicles of various types. This is just what we see. There are still losses that we do not see that are inflicted. The Russian Federation has also been using high precision, long range to attack. Uh, so there are actually more of these losses on the Ukrainian side. By my calculations, it's 25, maybe 30 percent of the volume of equipment that was supplied from abroad. Here's about, it seems to me that if they can't objectively, they'll go along with it. But as far as I've seen from open sources, from Western sources, that's about what they seem to be saying. Here. So the offensive is on. And these are the results to date of what I have just said. It's probably underestimating, I would think, if he says 25 to 30 percent of the NATO and, and U.S. Uh, supplied equipment uh, has been destroyed by the Russians. What do you think, Scott? Well, uh, a couple of things. First of all, he said what we have seen, which means that you know, I used to do battle damage assessment, and that means that they have imagery. So this isn't guessing. This isn't what we did in Vietnam where we said we fire off X number of artillery shells and we assume we killed this many. These are bodies on the ground. These are dead, destroyed equipment that had been counted by the Russians and calculated with great precision. Actually, um, actually observed through their means of doing so. Right. And then they also have electronic warfare where they can listen to the Ukrainians talk about what's been destroyed as well. But Putin's not going to talk about that because that's classified. Uh, in that same meeting, and I'll get to that in a second, he said that they suffered um, around 7,500 casualties. Uh, and that's then you add 30 percent onto that. And so you're talking around 10,000 Ukrainian casualties. Now, he did say something. He said that the kill ratio is 10 to 1. Um, so understand that the Russians are taking losses, 1,000. Um, and that's, that's heavy fighting. Imagine, imagine America taking 1,000 losses. That's heavy fighting. We know what that is. Uh, so there's heavy fighting going on. But here's the interesting thing about uh, that press conference. That was a press conference of war reporters, many of whom report for uh, telegram blogs and other blogs that have been very critical of the Russian military and very critical of Vladimir Putin. So what Vladimir Putin did is one of the bravest things a leader could do in wartime. He invited all these critics into a room, sat down, and for three hours <laughs> took their questions. Imagine President Biden doing so. Imagine any American president doing something like that. For three hours, he brought in his harshest critics. These are people who have been saying things. Some of them were threatened with arrest because of the, the way that they were speaking about the, uh, the Russian military, who came close to violating the law. And yet these critics, not all of them are critics, some of them are, are pro-Russian, but they're there. And these are people who are on the front line. They're not idiots. They're not in the back making stuff up. They're there. They're seeing this. They're watching their friends die. They're watching people die. They have questions. And they ask the questions, and the Russian president answered them without flinching, without blinking. Whatever you think of Vladimir Putin, that is the definition of leadership. How much longer can the war go on, Scott? Judge, we've had this conversation before, and I'm going to stick to my assessment. This war is over by the end of summer, early August. The Ukrainians cannot sustain this level of casualties. Now that they've engaged in this counteroffensive, it will go until the 60,000 troops that General Miley 
uh, prepared for murder are in fact murdered. Scott Ritter, always a pleasure. Everybody loves it when uh, your blood pressure goes up. <laughs> Except my doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining, uh, my dear friend. We'll see you again soon. Boy, if you like that, like, subscribe, tell a friend. Thank you for watching. More as we get it. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom. The headrest safe is quick and easy to use. Some may even call it a game changer. The headrest safe acts as a safety net, protecting your belongings while keeping them out of sight and out of bounds of others, serving as security while also keeping your valuables in bounds. That's what the headrest safe provides for me. Game, set, match.